This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. La toile sur écoute. Bonjour tout le monde, hi everybody, it's me, Penelope, a.k.a. Penelope, a.k.a. Penny from Paris, where I tell you all my stories of how I fake it till I make it. In this new episode of Penny from Paris, I tell you how I've been struggling to manage millennials. Without spoiling too much, I can tell you that I still don't have the key to widely successful management. You know, I'm really just your simple everyday girl next door, 36, Parisian, and I have managed millennials. I'm so proud of it because I can put it on my resume. Definitely not in hobbies, because it wasn't a pleasure at all, but rather in accomplishments, because I can humbly confirm that it was much more suffering than even doing an untrained marathon. The definition of what a millennial is, is quite fuzzy, but it generally defines people born between 1991 and 2000. Born in 1983, I am a millennial, but less millennial than the one who was born in 2000. Here is a little scientific rundown of the difference between us. The other millennial was raised on podcast and Netflix when I was put to sleep by the little brown bear I found in a yard sale. She has already had a threesome filmed by a friend while I delete the cookies on my computer after googling does the G-spot really exist. She swears by YouTubers when I spend my evenings in front of the documentary channel. So on the first day of my new job, my boss welcomes me and introduces me to the team. Hello, event team. I'm delighted to introduce you Penelope, who just arrived to take responsibility for our events. No one pay attention to me. No one. There were no sound, just the sound of the computer. They all continue typing on the keyboards. I'm looking at my boss, a bit confused. He makes a little grimace with his lips, meaning, it's okay, Penelope, it's okay. And lets me sit with this charming team. During the morning, I invite each one to have a little chat, mostly just to get to know them, to find out their career development desires and to find out how I can be useful to them. Object of the email, to get to know each other. In the evening, I have no answer. It's off to a good start. But before applying, I had been warned that this company was not very keen on rigor and processes. So I'm not very worried. Tuesday, 10 a.m., first interview with Claire, 26 I walk over her desk, equipped with my spiral notebook and my trendy pen that I got in my welcome pack. So generous. Claire, shall we? Claire is not answering. Claire, shall we? Shall we what? Where are we going? Well, I've got you for 30 minutes. Did I accept your invitation? No, you didn't. Then I can't. But did you refuse the invitation, Claire? No, but I didn't accept it. Okay, so what makes me think you can't? Anyway, I didn't accept it, so dock me a point if you want, but I've got to finish something here. I'm going back to my seat. It hasn't even been 48 hours, and I'm already so uncomfortable. 11 a.m., second interview. Amelia, 23. I woke up to her desk. Amelia, are you ready? Uh, right now? Yeah, well, it's 11 o'clock, but if you need five minutes, no problem. Join me when you can. I'll wait for you in room 48. I take the elevator to get to the room. My legs are wobbly, and I wait. 11.10, no one. 11.20, no one. 11.30, still no one. 
I go back to my office. Amelia is at her desk. She's typing on her phone. I feel paralyzed and I don't know what to do. I'm so stunned with this attitude. Amelia obviously doesn't show up all day. 2 p.m. Third interview. Nina, 28. She arrives at my desk. Penelope, I got your invitation, but I'm not going to be able to come because I have a lot of work to do. Also, Benjamin, our former boss, told us that we should give priority to work rather than meetings. All right, Nina, thank you for telling me. But as far as Benjamin goes, I'm replacing him. So the next time I send you an invitation, I'd like you to answer it. And if you have too much work, this is something we can do together to help you to get organized. I I'm very well organized, thank you. As it happens, I'd rather work than do this meeting. I'm dumbstruck, and she goes back to her seat. 4 p.m. The fourth, Malik, 29. He's sick. My boss tells me he's sick because he got a text message that morning. Precautionary. 5 p.m. I'm approaching the desk of my fifth associate, Vanessa, 32. I catch her sight when she sees me coming, but she unhappily comes to the meeting. Not a word in the elevator. We enter the room that smells surprisingly good for a meeting room booked for the day. With her arms folded, Vanessa's eyes are staring at the table. If it wasn't clear before, it is now. This is not going to be a piece of cake. So I try to get her to talk, and it's working. Uh, actually, I don't know what you want from me, Penelope. I've read your resume. We have all read your resume, actually, and you have no expertise in even production. So I don't understand what you're doing here. We were told that our boss would be a 40-year-old man with a network as long as his arm. And then you walk in the door. Please understand where we're coming from. We are the same age. You had jobs that only lasted a year and a half and in small companies. On top of that, I'm being honest with you. You're going to have a hard time here. This isn't a place for little girls who want to be queen. As for me, all I have to tell you is that I am not easy to manage. I don't like people going behind my back, checking my schedules, and even less that they go over my presentations. It's up to you to prove to us how you can help us. Honestly, I'm not sure how you are going to do this. Well, I'm not wasting any more of your time because you're really going to need some time to fit in. I am stuck. I'm not answering her. She gets up and comes out with her head up. I have just, by my silence, signed my own death warrant at the company. I spent a year and a half being led around by the nose by my team. When I was nice, they made me pay. And when I tried to be strict, my boss asked me to be more flexible. The only time I was a good manager was at the weekends, when I didn't see them. And yet, the funny thing is that when I left after a year and a half, they were all crying. And if you want to know how negotiating is like a game for me, listen to next episode. La toile sur écoute. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. <laughs> 